on today's show. If the Dallas Mavericks traded back in the NBA draft, who are some players they should target? We'll tell you about them and who we think they should take on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everydayer, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. The best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section, who is a player you would target if the Mavs traded back? Just somebody in like the first round or something like that. Let us know who you're interested in. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can uh, receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. If you want to support the show, Text us, get text alerts from us, know when the show is up, uh, text us and ask questions, all kinds of stuff. Subscribe to our subtext to help support the show. Click the link in the description. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com. The trade back bum, the one more thing, King. What you got me, Isaac Harris? All right, we got to have an honest conversation about Luca. Um, oh, no. picture, picture surfaced online. Um, I don't know who the kid was. Do you know who the kid was? Do we know? Uh, he was training with him, but yeah, I, I don't know. All right. I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but... And I just got to wait until media day until I see him with my own eyes. That's that's all That's all I want to... That's my public statement right now. You got, our, you got um, my subtext message is what you're saying. <laughs> I did get that. <laughs> um, but I just... I'm kind of tired of like off-season picks. I just got... I'm just holding out all Luca body judgments <laughs> until uh, until media day, and we see him with our own eyes. So Luca posted a picture of himself with somebody after after a recent workout, and he was wearing like a black shirt, and he looked pretty thin. And on Friday, a lot of people on Twitter were talking about skinny Luca. Oh, skinny Luca's back! And every, somebody even texted us on the subtext line. It, w- it was like, why does it seem like everybody like Mavs fans are happy online today? They sh- like. They haven't been in a while. It seems weird that they're happy. And I, I just sent everyone that picture and was like, hey, this is this is why, basically. <laughs> but my, my thing on it has been, and I said this to our subtext subscribers, uh, angles are a big deal in pictures. Like, you take I mean, come on. That's a pretty straight-on angle there. Yeah, but you can take an angle of a picture of me like this. And if you take a picture of me like this, like I look like a completely different person. <laughs> like, if my chin's down and all of a sudden I got a double chin. Or if, like, I'm... <laughs> Sitting forward, you know, like you can just look so different. The angles. You also have you ever seen one of those videos where it shows somebody's face and it sent it shows you like fifteen different lenses of cameras. I have not. And no. there's like there's like TikToks or videos or gifs of it where it just shows us the depth of field and it makes a guy's nose look like super long or like super short to his face depending on which lens you use. Uh, all that stuff matters when it comes to taking pictures. And so, like you, I am also going to take. Uh, I'll wait to see if we see him in international play and see how he looks. And then definitely at media day when we get to see him in person, 
and see yeah. how he looks at that point to make some kind of overwhelming, like, all right, here we go. This is the Luca we've been waiting for. Like, this is the one. This is the year we've been waiting for for him to not, come yeah. and be in shape. Like, I, I'm not making that. But it's good. But he does look good. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, too. That, that he looks <laughs> does good. Does look good. He yeah. looks good. He doesn't, we... he doesn't look like, uh, you know, he's just been pigging out for the last, like, two months or so. Yeah, having some, having some, some beer, enjoying the life. All right, let's move. I'm in a recovery beer. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into our topic today. We're doing trade back targets. So we're, let's say the Mavericks trade back in the first round at some point. They take ten and they say, all right, we're going to take a, a good player and we'll also trade back a couple of, of picks. We've talked about some options with like the the Hawks. We've talked a couple options with the Magic. We've talked about those in the past and said, okay, what if they do this? What if they decide to do this? Or, or Brooklyn. They've got some extra picks. What do they do with those? Uh, let's talk about some players they could target if they do any of these trades. I, I, can I preface this real quick? We we also did a podcast on Derek Lively last week. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't project him at 10. Um, he could by draft night. I don't know. Um, a lot of people project him in the teens and stuff. So he, he would be a target for this. I assume we're not. <laughs> I know you're not. Yeah, I'm not talking about it today because we already did a, a whole episode on him last week. So if you're wanting to hear his name. There you go. Yeah, I think he he's he's now in that range now to me. Uh, and another, so I got three players. Isaac's got three players. We'll go back and forth and talk about them uh, and what we expect. My first player is a player we've mentioned a couple times who may not be a trade back target anymore, but mm-hmm. at the beginning of the draft process, he definitely was. Belial Koulibaly. That's my first one. He's six six with a seven two wingspan. He just turned nineteen, so he'll be nineteen at the time of the draft. Uh, he played on the same team as Victor Weminyama in France. He was on like the under 21 league in France. So like the league under that uh, for a while. And then there were some injuries and some stuff during the season and he got moved up and then he started playing pretty well. And so he stayed on that, that upper team. And uh, the one sentence describer on him is a fast rising prospect who is luring in teams with his defense and intriguing offensive flashes. I, I'm, I, I'm interested in this guy and, there's been some rumors and people talking about that he's rising up the draft. He could go before 10. Like, he could be one of those players yeah. that just surprises all of us, and all of a sudden somebody takes him and takes a risk on him. He's just, like, the perfect 3 and D player. 7-2 wingspan, 6-6. Six, six. His shot looks really, really good. Um, he shows really good promise as a three-point shooter, and his shot just looks really clean and, like, stable and, and all that. Makes effort and hustle plays. Took a lot of this stuff from Rafael Barlow of, of NBA Big Board, obviously. Um, really fluid athlete has a vertical pop. The, the weaknesses on him though, he's still just like an unknown quantity because he's had this meteoric rise where he didn't play, you know, for the, for the upper league for half the season. And then he's just really raw. Doesn't have a lot of experience. He shot 58% from the free throw line, which is concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did shoot pretty well from, from three. He's also not great with the ball in his hands. He can do like straight line drives and things like that, but you're not going to ask him to create anything. Just like I said, he's a perfect, like three and D guy uh, Raphael had him at 12 on his big board or as mock draft recently um the ringer had him at 15 ESPN at 22 and the athletic back at the back at the uh after, right after the lottery had him at 33rd so that's sort of how he's risen recently <laughs> he, a lot of people had him at the beginning of the second round and then he rose to now like the middle of the first round basically yeah, he looked. He sounded kind of like the Jalen Williams, the Santa Clara Jalen yeah, Williams yeah. of this year that has just suddenly just. I mean, Jalen Williams had help with the combine stuff, but the fact that Koulibaly has still been playing with Victor over, you know, for for Mets ninety two, I think Metropolitan's yeah, ninety two, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, that has just been huge for him playing these big games and their, you know, playoff stuff over there. But, you know, I, I think, you know, we only have so much time to talk about these guys. It, it, he's so intriguing. He's so young, you know, right now he's 18 and the seven, three wingspan being the, the huge guard, um, that it looks so intriguing yeah. to a team, especially who can take a swing like a OKC. Like there's, you know, they could take a swing on a guy at him, you know, like him at 12 and he, he won't have a ton of expectations, but the long-term, the long-term ceiling of him is going to be so impressive. I will say this is why he's not like high up my list for like a Mavs trade back. Like if Dallas moved back a few spots, he's so intriguing. I think he'd be awesome next to Luca in like three years. Yes. You're going to see a kind of a, a common denominator with some of my guys today of, I think Dallas has to get a guy who who can contribute right now, and Kulabali could be could be that, but it, it feels like for me he's going to take a little bit of time. That's what that's what I came to is he was more of a guy that I really wanted to know about and saw that he was rising. And I'm like, all right, let, let me look into this guy and see why he's rising. And you can see it. He he why the Mavs should take him if they decide to trade back. Let's say they get like a win now player in this kind of trade. They do some kind of trade where it's ten. And, you know, and Tim or 10 and Davis and you get a win now player, plus you get an, you know, an extra pick that's, you know, 20 or whatever they, they can take a risk on that, that other pick, maybe like, let's, let's say they decide that they could do that because they want to win now, but they also want to like invest in the future with Hardy and Josh Green and all that. And I think he would just fit so well uh, on any team. Like he's, he's the type of player every single team needs. Every team is looking for, um, I think one of them, maybe it was the ringer compared him to OG Ananobi. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's the type of player that every every single team wants. Um, and why the Mavs shouldn't take him is exactly what you said. He's just too raw to rely on or expect to make an impact on day one. But this is a trade back target, so maybe yeah. if they want to take a risk on somebody while also getting a win now, if they could do that, uh, Blau Koulibaly could be a really good option for that if you want to take a little bit of a risk. Coming up, let's get into some more prospects. I got Jordan Hawkins. I also have uh, James Naji. Isaac's got a couple prospects we'll talk about, including Omax, your favorite prospect. Yeah! Talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp has you covered for whatever you want to do. It, it, it is uh, the thing that everyone is doing right now. A lot of people are talking about therapy. There's athletes talking about therapy. You had uh, Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, and other players talking about getting therapy and talking through what's happening in your life. I've been going through therapy. Isaac, you've gone through therapy. I've used BetterHelp in the past. I have a different... Um, I have a different one that I use now, but I love BetterHelp. I thought it was a great service. Uh, if you think about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. That was the great thing. I got to decide when I wanted to have meetings, and then you set your time, and you, and you figure out if your person can can meet at that time. You have uh, They have like a, a range of just different times that you can meet, and you pick that one, and then you're, you're set there. You can do it on, entirely online. Uh, and set it up that way. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And this is this is super important. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you decide that you're not vibing with the person that you're talking to, they know that. They understand that. That some people aren't going to vibe with everybody. So go check it out. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. You'll get 10% off your first month. BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, supporting the show, being part of the Raccoon Squad. We're talking about trade-back targets, players that if the Mavericks traded back, maybe it's five spots, maybe it's ten spots, maybe all the way to the end of the first round. 
who are some players that we would target and look at? Isaac, give me one of yours. I'll give you my favorite one. My favorite trade back target. Olivier Maxence Prosper. Mm. O Max from from Marquette. He was one of the biggest standouts from the combine. He played one scrimmage at the combine, put up 21 and 11, then shut everything down. Uh while he was at the combine, he was top he was top 4 in a max vertical at 40 and a half inch vert. He was second uh, overall in the combine and standing vert at 35 inches. Um I said he was from Marquette. He's six seven, has a seven one wingspan. You look at like kind of his journey to the or to the NBA. Honestly, uh, he's Canadian. He came up through NBA Academy, Latin American, Mexico, Mexico City. Then he started off at Clemson, transferred to Marquette, and one of the coolest things of reading about this guy uh, about the combine is just how impressive he is. He speaks four different languages. Mm. Um, all of the interview process that you read about, he was just so impressive of a human being, but this dude, when you talk about motor, sometimes you throw around the, the word motor for guys, um, uh, for him, it is so contagious. And I just, I love everything about this guy. Like he would be, he is higher up my board than so many other people. I think he's definitely top 20 for me. Um, but six seven with that seven one wingspan with the athleticism, the dude will just—I mean—he is electric. He has energy. Um, think like a Jared Vanderbilt, PJ Tucker, uh, honestly an OG type, but kind of like crazier. He's—he's um, <laughs> he's great in transition. He can cut. He can score around the rim. Um, it, his shot, like a lot of these guys, is the one thing you got to look at. And do you believe in what you've seen at like the combine or something else, or do you believe in you know some of his uh, younger years and his shooting the three? But I love this guy. He if they move back any at all, um, I'm targeting him if I was Dallas. What's the difference between him that you think he could play day one and like a Blackula Bali or, or somebody else that we've talked about that we say ah, they're a little raw. It may take a little time for them. Because I don't think you're going to have any type of hesitation with a guy like him. Like, one, his athleticism is just off the charts. And when you watch him play and you see the level that he plays at, and you're like, all right, you know this dude's going to step in day one and bust his butt and be diving over the floor and be like a Dwight Powell but a, a wing version of that. Um, to where, like, yeah, I mean, he, he's 20. So I, I just believe in him. And, I mean, I, I like Koulibaly too, but – I think he can make an instant impact on a team. You love that. I, I love that that type of player, the size. That when you talk about motor, like it's just hard for some of those guys to fail if you're if you're just trying that hard all the time, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like like a Dwight Powell, right? If, if that if that is contagious enough to work through your like off season work and all that kind of stuff. Uh, another prospect that I had was Jordan Hawkins. Love I, this I was guy. Really interested in Jordan Hawkins and, and wanted to look into him. Uh, again, this is one that could go around or him around 10, but if the Mavs trade back a couple spots or something like that, he could be a target. He's six, five, six, seven wingspan. He's going to be 21 at the time of the draft, went to UConn and the one sentence describer is a flawless shooter who bangs threes all over the court and brings tons of other winning qualities. He's just like, uh, after watching some of his, I, I just sat like on synergy and just set. All right, give me all his jumpers and just put him in random order and just started watching him. And you're like, this guy is incredible. Like, I think he's a better shooter than Grady Dick. Just after watching all those, no, clips he's the best shooter in the draft. And just watching all this, I was like, man, this guy is such a like catch and shoot, off the dribble, off screen, on the move, and, like anywhere on the court. Like, and his, his jumper's just so quick too. He just gets it up so quickly. Um, 
active motor. He's always moving, just like you know a, a modern shooter should, like a, a Curry or a Clay Thompson or somebody. Uh, you know, good decision maker with the ball. He can attack closeouts. He's a pretty smart off ball defender who can make rotations. Solid on ball. The problem is like he he's not a playmaker. He had more turnovers than assists. He's a good but not great defender. So he doesn't have the tools and he doesn't have like the size. He's got to he's got to bulk up a little bit to defend better at the next level. Because uh, you watch him, you're like, oh, six five with a six seven wingspan. Is that? But he's he's slight, like he's he's smaller. I, don't, I wouldn't say he's as mm-hmm. small as like a Grady Dick, but uh, he doesn't have a you know, great size for a wing, and he does need to get stronger. Well, Grady Dick is bigger, yeah. Uh, the yeah, he's he's definitely taller, more length. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rafael had him at 20. The ringer had him at 20. ESPN had him at 11 to the, to the magic. That seems like a really perfect fit there. Uh, and then the athletic had him at uh, 17 in their mock draft. But like, to me, he's the, he's the type of player that if you, if the Mavericks need to replace Tim Hardaway in the rotation or something, and they decide to, to go this route, like, or they, or they need shooting. Let's say they make a couple of trades mm-hmm. and they, they get rid of, Tim and Reggie and Maxie and they bring back a couple other players and they bring in some guys like a Jared Allen or they bring in a couple of players that can't shoot and all of a sudden you look and you go, oh my God, like Kyrie and Luke are the only good shooters or and Jaden Hardy are like the only good shooters on the team right now. Then then I think you could go for a Jordan Hawkins. He could come in, fit really well. Same as Grady Dick, but come in and fit really well. I, to me, I, I want to ask some draft guys, like what's the difference between Jordan Hawkins and Grady Dick and why do so many people have Grady Dick like 10 spots higher than Jordan Hawkins. They just seem like very similar players to me. And, and Hawkins shot is better to me. I think Dick is bigger. And, um, you know, I, for the wing, the, that, ma- that matters. I mean, you look at a guy's like six, six, seven, six, eight, every inch matters. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, size matters. Um, and you know, Hawkins is just smaller and, you know, the, the cool thing about Hawkins is he airs it out. Not like Mariah, but he can air it out. And the the dude, I mean, I think he, I think he is the best. <laughs> Aired out he, for days. <laughs> yeah, I think he is the best shooter in the draft. You said it. I mean, and a lot of the same stuff about Grady Dick too. Their ability to hit threes off movement. Yeah. And you look at someone like Grady Dick's like transition threes. You look at. And I think it's it's these two guys. They're fighting it out for the best shooters in the draft. But like every team needs shoot elite shooters like this. I think of Jordan. I'm super high on him. You can tell I'm excited about him. Mm-hmm. I just he is one of those dudes that if they move back a few spots, he's like a a bigger, better version of Seth Curry. Yeah, and I think they would use him similar to that, and just that everything with that. And I mean, imagine him coming off screens and being open when Luca and Kyrie's doing their things. Um, I think he would be an awesome fit. And he just won a national title. So, yeah. I mean, dude knows how to play winning basketball. Yeah, I, re- I really like this guy. Yeah, I'm in on him as, as some kind of trade back. He just doesn't fit the defensive thing. So the Mavericks are able to like identify their, their defensive issues with a couple other trades, like I said before, and they need some shooting, then – I I think this is the guy. <laughs> I think but he, and he and he's the only one out of that. Like there's that group there of the Nick Smiths, Keontae George, 
Um, even Kobe Bufkin, I like Bufkin probably a little bit better, but like, it's that group of guys that I'm really not even like, can, they're like the only group of players I'm kind of like marking off for Dallas because it just doesn't feel like they fit the mold of what Dallas is kind of trying to go for. Hawkins is the only one that kind of fits that in that group of, Hey, like a, a, a guard that is a, but Hawkins elite shooting and be able to shoot off the movement like he does. Uh, he's the that's what separates him from those other guys for Dallas's system playing with Luke and Kyrie. Coming up, we got a couple more topic, got a couple more targets. I got James Najee. Who else you got? Oh, I have uh, coming up next Jalen Hood Shafino. We'll talk about them and why Mavericks could take them when they trade back. Coming up, but before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy through the NBA Finals. You don't probably have much more time but you can win a million dollars on prize picks go to prizepicks.com slash million one entry placed after 8 a.m eastern will be randomly selected each day whoever places the correct entry will be given six pick flex with the following payouts six correct picks you win a million dollars five correct you could win eighty thousand. Four correct you could win 16 so go check out see all the other details in it prizepicks.com slash million all you have to do is go and pick four to pick four to six players or two to four players if you want to play the normal game and uh, pick more or less than their projections on different stats, points. If you know if you know that Jokic is going to have more than like 25 and a half points, go and pick that more. You can also get a 100% deposit match up to $100, the promo code locked on. Again, that's prize picks. Download the app or go to prizepicks.com. All right, Isaac, we're talking about trade back targets. If the Mavericks do end up trading back, who are some players we could be looking at? We talked about Bilal Koulibaly, Jordan Hawkins. We talked about your boy Omax, Olivier Prosper, or Max Prosper. Uh, and now give me another one. Give me give me your next guy. I'll say this. I don't think he's he's a perfect fit in Dallas, but, man, I just really like him. And I think it, it, you reach a point where he's saying, Man, this dude knows how to play basketball. Kind of like a Jalen Brunson-esque. Jalen Hood Shafino out of Indiana. Played for Mike Woodson. We know Mike Woodson is a, a former NBA coach. He's 20 years old, 6'4", 6'5", 6'10", wingspan. Uh, he didn't do any any drills at the Combine. He's kind of like the, the B version of Anthony Black. And I think he's a guy who could surprise some people also that could go higher, uh, that could go in that, like, 11 to 14 range here like oh like he could pass up a Keontae George or a Nick Smith or something and it wouldn't shock me he he is like a master of the pick and roll and I know this is kind of cliche but like he just knows how to play the game of basketball so and he's a basketball go, player like Jason he's Kidd. a basketball player Jason Kidd let's go uh go watch the Purdue game he puts up 35 in that game um Zach Eady's playing drop coverage this whole time. And like, he just, he, he is in, has this incredible feel for the game in this incredible mid range pull up jumper that get him running the pick and roll and play. I dare you to play drop on him and he's going to hit the jumper. He's aggressive on defense. Love his motor. Like, like a lot of prospects, um, you got to figure out the outside shot. That's the, that's huge key with him and his shots around the rim is kind of weird. Cause he can get to the basket and he has some insane dribble moves. Uh, gets kind of loose with the ball, but if he can get to the basket, that's where it's like he doesn't have these great numbers around the rim. But I like him. I think he could play with a Jaden Hardy and a lot of the similar things I'd say about Anthony Black. Um, he's he's kind of like the B version of Black for for me. Some of these picks that I just wish the Mavs could take a, a player and not they don't have to like play day one. Like, can we just develop a little bit and like have a young mm. core with Hardy and Josh Green and this and like whatever player they they pick. Uh, but yeah, he, he would be their third guard off the bench. 
and could like run run a little bit with Hardy. But, the Ringer yeah. describes him as Spencer Dinwiddie, which everything you just said kind of mm. reminds me of him. Do you see that? Yeah, I'd say Dinwiddie's probably a better outside shooter than him. But I mean, now he give is, it another year his, or so. His whole career, Dinwiddie was like a you know not a good outside shooter, but once he got to the Mavs, it was like forty percent. Watching Hood Shafino run the pick and roll is just I love it. It's one of my favorite things to watch. Another player that I had was James Naji, six ten. This is one. This is one where he's actually a trade back. Like he, he could go in the second, like beginning of the second round, depending on what some teams think about him. Um, so this is this is an actual trade trade back. But he's kind of the next center after Derek Lively. He's the next center that kind of comes up. I know a lot of you guys have have messaged us about him. He's six ten. He's listed at two twenty five, but he's I don't think he's two twenty five. I don't think he's two twenty five. I think he's he's more than that. He doesn't look like sleight of frame. Uh, and he has a reported 7'7 wingspan, which is insane. He's just about 19 years old. He uh, is from Nigeria, but he played uh, for FC Barcelona. And he's still playing. They're still playing right now, I think. Long-arm big man who's built like a tank and has the mentality to dominate on both ends of the paint. He's playing for Barcelona. He found some playing time last season. He was 17 years old and found some playing time at the like the big club. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have a really big sample size because he's been playing off the bench. He's been playing for this really good team. It just hasn't found his way. And then he's got an NBA frame. You just look at him. You go, oh, yeah, that guy can play in the NBA. NBA frame, tools. He's got. He's pretty mobile on his feet. He can step out and defend. Uh, rim protector, really good lob threat. Like, can just catch yeah. the, the ball all over the place. Bad th- free throw shooter. Doesn't have a post up at all. He's got pr- limited upside. Got a lot of this from Rafael uh, Barlow from NBA Big Board. Um, Rafael had him at 30th. The ringer had him at 33rd. ESPN had him at 23rd, which I, I found kind of nuts. And then the athletic had him at 29th. To me, when I watched him, he just looks like Dwight Howard, just like style size, like really long wingspan, six ten. Dwight Howard was like six, nine, six, 10, like, like his whole career. And people think he was a seven footer, uh, but just all that stuff doesn't have a post up game, <laughs> but can score incredible lob threat. Like you really could just throw the ball all over the place. I really like this guy. If the Mavs, like we said, could take a, a risk on somebody if they they nail down who their their center was. Let's say they get like a you know I don't know, uh, Jonas Valanciunas or some or Brooke Lopez. Like let's say they bring in Brooke Lopez somehow, and they're like, all right, let's have Brooke Lopez for a year or two, but then let's try and build somebody up to to where he can be our starting center in like two or three years. Then James Naji would would be the one I think if they can't get lively. He he's been working out with Serge Ibaka. I uh, saw a thing uh, them working out the other day. He's so explosive. He's raw, and he like he's the definition of dude. Go out there. I'm gonna unleash you. Just block shots and catch lobs. Yeah, and get rebounds. Like, and- I mean, the, yeah, and get re- and get rebounds and give the ball to Luca or Kyrie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think over time he could be he could be special. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give me your last one. Last one. Okay, this dude's not gonna pop off the pop off the like page of his for his athleticism and anything. I mean, I will say, despite having a thirty nine inch vertical at the combine, but this dude is the the prime example of he knows how to play basketball and he's gonna make he's gonna make a bunch of teams regret not taking him because he's gonna play in day one. Jaime Jaquez Jr. from UCLA. So he's a four-year guy. Played. He started in 126 out of 134 games at UCLA. Uh, he's 22, which I get. If you're one of those people that are like, "Hey, it's too old to draft," then you don't know me because I don't give a crap <laughs> about the about the age stuff. Because especially when it comes to being like 
I, I'm, I'm looking for a guy who can play day one. This dude's 6'6", six, 6'10", six, six, wingspan, 39-inch vertical, like I said. Uh, he, he actually was tied for the, the third-highest standing vertical uh, at the combine. But he competed for the, for the Mexican national team in the summer 2019 at the Pan American Games. Um, but this dude, when you look at footwork, it is, like I wrote down, Brunson-level footwork. This dude can do everything, like all the footwork, get him into the paint, get him into the mid-range. He's going to be able to score, make the right decision. You look at some of his outside shooting numbers, uh, and you might get a little worried, but um, I I pulled this off of uh, the ringer. He said he's made 40% of his dribble jumper twos and 36.5% of his dribble jumper threes in four years at UCLA. Add in his 75% from the line, and there's reason for optimism that he'll someday be a reliable shooter off the catch. So we, we sometimes reference the free throw percentage numbers and, you know, guys being bad at free throws. Well, this dude shoots 75% from free throw. So, um, and you talk about motor always being in the right spot. Um, Vecini wrote this about him on the athletic he said, Hakez is the college version of DeMar DeRozan. He does his <laughs> best. He does his best work in the mid range and has all the footwork to get shots inside of 17 feet. UCLA gave him the ball in different spots all over the floor, relied on him to get buckets. He's just one of those dudes that coaches are going to like drool over this guy. Like he's going to come in at 22 and know the role he's going to play. And I, I like, I could not, if I could put a, a, a bet down on FanDuel right now and said, all right, give me a guy who's going to get picked in 20 to 35 in the draft that he's going to have a moment in the playoffs. He's going to be logging some minutes for a team and be like, dude, he's given this team some solid minutes in the playoffs. It's going to be Jaime Hawkins. I just, if they traded back into the twenties and they picked him up along with a, a, a reliable veteran that's in the rotation, he's going to, he's going to play him in Dallas on day one. What is, what does he do? do like where does he fit on the court like how do you what do you see his role being he's kind of like a swiss army knife because he could score in the mid-range i think he's going to be fine at a catch and shoot you know guy he can he can defend multiple positions because he has that longer wingspan he's just a winner like he knows how, how to play the game of basketball like when you watch him you're like all right, this dude's going to fit in any type of role. Like, he's not going to be the dude you come down and say, hey, ISO it out, go yeah. get me all this. Even though he, he, I mean, he did some of that um, at UCLA. He played it with Johnny Juzang, the, you know, the year before, but who's um, in the league now. But he's just, you know, when you look at him, you're like, all right, he's not an insane athlete. And then you're like, all right, well, his outside shot, will it get better where it becomes more reliable? Like, you have some of those things where you're watching, you're like, all right, He's not going to like pop off the page every time with some like these crazy plays and crazy moves. He is another Jalen Brunson type of dude of like, all right, you're not going to have all the sports center highlights, but the dude knows how to play ball and he's a wing has a long wingspan and he's going to bust his butt out there. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm asking for guys. If you're not, if you're not in the business, you're not a young team that's sitting there saying, all right, I want to take on a, I want to take a swing at a guy at 25 and just like give him three years and see how it turns out that he's not the type of dude. If you're a team at like 25 or 23 and you're like, all right, I'm going to be a play. We're going to be a playoff team. I need a guy who can come off the bench and give me some minutes as a wing Christian and give Brown. me 10. Yeah. <laughs> and give me some, yeah. Get, give me, give me a guy like Christian Brown for Denver. That's going to give me some minutes and make the right play, not mess up, not do dumb crap on the floor. Like this is, this is Jaime Hawkes. And I just really like his game. So 
And you'll be able to hear that soliloquy that I, Isaac just went on Jaime Jaquez's <laughs> like probably personal documentary if he ends up making one like Anthony Black did. <laughs> let, let me give you a couple more for the yeah. second round. Jordan Walsh, Walsh out of Arkansas. Love this guy. You can talk about all his three-point shooting numbers all you want, but uh, with his wingspan on the wing at 6'7", he has 7'3 wingspan, I think. I really like this guy. I like Seth Lundy out of Penn Jordan State. Jordan Walsh was just on Locked on NBA Big Board. Yes, he was. I quote yeah. tweeted that. Um, and yeah, so Seth Lundy had a great, you know, combine. Duke can drain the threes from Penn State. Another long wingspan, 6'10", 6'11", wingspan. Julian Strother from Gonzaga. Um, I like Isaiah Wong, too. He doesn't really fit that big wing mode but or mold that, I'm, that I like to target there. But I like those guys if they, they trade into the second round. I like those guys over like an Imani Bates. Mm. So. Let us know who you would want if the Mavericks were to trade back. Let us know which player interests you the most in the comment section. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow talking. Uh, I think we're going to do our Casey Wallace draft profile. So mm-hmm. come back and we'll talk about that. Unless there's some more rumors, we'll talk about that coming up. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.